Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. How you doing today, Adam? Oh man, I couldn't be better. I just love being on video. <laughs> As lapsed videographers ourselves, it is pretty annoying learning a whole new way of making video. This yeah. like the the discipline of making a video for the internet a different thing than the discipline of making a video for the intranet of a company. Look at us staying current yeah. on technologies. I didn't think I'd have to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, if you're just listening to this, we're talking about video because we're going to be opening some things sent in by Friends of DeSoto. This is a Code 47 episode. Push the button. Captain. I'm sorry to disturb you. I'm receiving a code 47. Verify. It is code 47, sir. Start lead emergency frequency. Captain size only. Is that referring to bubble craps? There's like a button that uh, that will be pushed and then the, the little uh, opening audio package will play. Oh, that's you know? great. Yeah. yeah. And the video. When you're watching it on YouTube, it includes video. Why would you refer to bubble craps? That would be yeah. a big surprise for me. You were just in Vegas. Did I was. You, uh, you, I know that you were uh, gambling on a sport, but mm-hmm. did you gamble on anything else? Oh, yeah. I, I did a bunch of gambling yesterday. I had a lot of fun. Day trip to Vegas is one of the great parts of living in L.A. Well, it used to be a gamble opening listener mail on this show, but That's it right. is no more. Mm-mm. We got a bunch of things here. Uh, the first thing is just a letter. Uh, it is from House Ryan S., Chaotic Manor, Gainesville, Florida. Chaotic Manor is in like the name of of the home. Yeah, like uh, like Wayne Manor, spelling of manor. I like but that. I think you can leave the chaotic modifier off of any domicile in Florida, right? Sure. We'll we'll just assume. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, I'm opening this letter. Uh, this is just a holiday card from Ryan S's family. Ahoy, shipmates. Thank you for all the laughs and also for modeling wholesome masculinity. Y'all rock. LLAP. Mike. You said that was a card from their family. I'm going to assume. I'm not asking you to do this, but on the flip side, is there like a family photograph like posed outside of a, a stoop? There's like a selfie on a stoop mm-hmm. um, and a, like a beach po- photo and a this is either a Halloween costume on a kiddo or maybe like something a kiddo wore for a, a school play. I'm also just baffled that it was Ryan that sent it, but Mike that signed it. So I don't know. Huh. Maybe there was an argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one is from M. Brewer in Dulles, Virginia. It's to you and me. There's one for you and one for me. Any pictures yet? So far, no pictures. Okay. But uh, I will point out a little embossed logo on the back there. I like that. uh, This is from the the Capitol Complex. 
Ooh. Wow. Look how a fish that looks. No way. Like, we're either in a lot of trouble or we have friends in high places. Did you leave something behind on your tour? They're trying to track you down out of the lost and found? <laughs> this is from the office of the ambassador. Uh-huh. Presumably not Neelix. I've been expecting this. Dear Ben and Adam, thank you for the many hours of entertainment over the past several years. I've been a listener since the early days. I'm grateful for your jokes, high-quality pod, and insights as industry professionals. I thought you might get a kick out of the challenge coins from my corner of the world, the Mountain Kingdom of Lesotho. Lesotho. I can't use my official title in non-official ways, so let's say I'm the sham ambassador. <laughs> I don't get to the U.S. often, but I hope to catch a live show in D.C. one day. Thank you, and LLIP, warm regards, M. Brewer. And I'm, le- I'm, I'm abbreviating the first name because I can't read it. <laughs> Got a lot of doctors writing in yeah. lately. Uh, P.S. I love when Ben's going to talk about Africa. Me too. I've never been to Lesotho, but I would love to go. Lesotho. What the Shambassador has sent us, Adam, is a challenge coin of the U.S. Embassy in Masaru. Pretty great. Katso Pula Nala. And uh, yeah, that's from the U.S. Department of State. It's got a U.S. Department of State seal on the back. They say Shambassador. I say Sham Wow at that <laughs> coin. That's great. This is one of the coolest ones we've ever gotten. Thank you so much, M. Brewer. <laughs> I can't believe we got something on ambassadorial letterhead. Look at this. That's that's real. About time. That's not- that's not from, like, you know, the bedside stand in a hotel room or anything. I'm not jaded at all. I, I fully expected to see that at some point. Wow. <laughs> I'm amazed. <laughs> okay, Adam, we're getting into boxes. Uh, this one is from Stephen B. in Brooklyn, New York. So if we're in the boxes, that means uh, chances are nothing with a check or cash. Is left, right? You you could put cash in a box. Yeah. I've seen it happen, especially in New York. There's like okay. Nike shoebox full of cash economies all over the city of New York. All right, fingers crossed. None of these packages were sent in Nike shoeboxes, unfortunately. Ah. <laughs> all right. What I got here is a letter. It starts with "Grow stronger through the sharing." Dear Ben and Adam. I had just about given up on sending this. I first reached out to Bill with this a while back, but then my life got sidetracked by some family issues, and this fell to the side. In that same time, someone gave you one of these, which took the wind out of my sails, and the longer I didn't send this, the more embarrassed I became about how long it was taking me to send it. And I was about to say, fuck it. But then, then I heard friend of the show, Sir Patrick Stewart slash Stew slash Dale Pipes Actual Give that warm, delightful introduction for episode 500. My heart swelled for you guys. You've built something special here, and I'm glad to have been along for the ride since vetoes were a thing. So, embarrassment and delays be damned. Here is a tiny, dangerous thank you from one of the Miriam FODs who have found joy, comfort, and community through your special blend of insightful analysis and the finest dick and fart jokes this side of the polar region. Mind your bones, boys. I crocheted you a moopsie. Moopsie. Probably best to keep it separate from the one you got in Seattle. For real, though, I'm grateful for all you've done. You, Bill, Wendy, and the entire Uxbridge Shimoda family of podcasts have given me a soft, comfortable, 
and reliably funny place to run during some deeply stressful times, including the pandemic and a career change from corporate stooge to emergency room nurse here in Brooklyn. Wow. Please believe we do so much more than provide. Anyway, hmm. let me get out of the way of the rest of this, Marin. Thanks for everything. Steven, P.S., Shout out to the designer of this Moopsie crochet pattern and possible FOD, Jenny Frencham. PPS, I sent the ropes simply because they exist. They do not <laughs> seem to make them in pineapple. So, uh, Stephen has indeed crocheted us a Moopsie. Moopsie. Oh, they look great. And then also we received some sweet tarts, ropes, cherry punch flavor. Uh, yeah, it does not seem, based on the the diagram on the back, does not seem like they offer these in a, uh, a pineapple mm. varietal. Well, what good are they? No, I've never heard of these sweet tarts ropes. I've heard of nerd ropes, mm. which, I mean, nerd ropes is basically I mean, what you and I produce, right? You've, you've known nerd ropes since puberty. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy these later. I'm, I'm taking them to Dungeons and Dragons tonight. I'm not sharing them with Adam. Do it. That's that's the plan. Great plan. Okay. Next box is from Nicole K out of Quincy, Ma. Hey. It's to you and me. Fun. I hope I pronounced that within shooting distance of the actual pronunciation. I know that uh, I know that locals are particular. It's not Quincy, Ma. <laughs> Ma. Ma. <laughs> All right. We got a card. Hi, Darwin. Check this out on uh, YouTube, and you can see my my loyal pup, Darwin. Okay, you're my number one podcast, and it's an image of Riker doing the Riker maneuver and holding up a rose. goes like this. I was a Star Trek virgin at the start of COVID, but have now devoured every episode and movie, a pile of comic books, cosplay opportunities, freaks, meet and greets, and more. Hmm. Your pods and live shows have been a highlight. I also never miss a chance to craft something Trek. Please enjoy the enclosed tiny crafts that I had hoped to hand to you at the Boston show. Good for hiding tiny messages like a cord on a desk. Hope to hmm. hoof with you in Vegas one day. LLAP, Nicole, and begrudgingly Kevin who you told me to leave in a P1. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like good advice. Sounds like that P1 went great. Uh, <laughs> P.S. Our house flooded after the show. These were spared, so I guess the universe wanted you to have them. P.P.S. Sorry for the outer box. P.P.P.S. Ben, sorry for the inner box. Wow. Their house flooded after the show? Yeah, but but the, the crafts were okay. Huh. I mean, I know we tend to flood basements during the show. This is the inner box. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Oh, I see why. An apology. Uh, a tiny gift for my personal besties. Sorry for triggering the voice, Ben, but... Great. But this was the box that best fit, so it was unavoidable. <laughs> I love it when you do the voice. I hate it when I do the voice. What a delight. So these are little triptychs of uh, of our uh, science blue, our command red, and our engineering slash security gold. You know what they look like? They look rad. Like they got little... Uh, there's a couple of little them. Little zhuzhs on them. Yeah. There's a little, uh, little leatherette on the back. Mm. 
You can like set it on your desk. They are beautiful, hand painted. Amazing. Wow. Ben, I walked by a purple zebra yesterday during my day trip to Vegas. And oh, guess no what? Kidding. What? They did not have hooves. They just had like the long hourglass shaped yardo daiquiri yeah. or whatever. They didn't have the hooves there. And I'm wondering uh, if maybe the Rio is the only place that does. I don't know. It perplexes me so much that that's not the most popular chain in Vegas. Yeah, I know. Given that you get a purple zebra full of slurricane or similar. There is nothing on a zebra that is that shape, right? The the <laughs> giant bell at the bottom, a thinner oh. shaft, and then a giant bell at the top. I mean, that is a crazy zebra crank. <laughs> yeah. If that's the part, right? I've never laid eyes on Crank of Zebra, and I hope to go to my grave with that fact intact. Now we gotta <laughs> get you watching more Planet Earth documentaries. Mm. Gotta learn the truth. Attenborough's definitely got a good idea of what Zebra Crank looks like, right? I'm a Zebra Crank truther, Ben. I'm gonna get you on my side <laughs> by the time it's all over. Do you think they're also stripy on their on their wangs? Absolutely. Yeah. I bet you want stripes perpendicular. Right. To make it it look look longer. Thick. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's also just confusing to the eye. You know, like when they painted ships with like big, you know, splotches of black and white and called it Razzle Dazzle. Yeah. Confused submariners as to how big of a situation they were looking at. You know, the only moment where, like, disrobing and saying razzle-dazzle actually works (laughs) is if you got that paint job on your crank. Get the razzle-dazzle paint job or get it tattooed, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And if you do, don't send us pictures. No. We'll just take your word for it. I will believe you every time. (laughs) All right. We got one last package here. Okay. And I know there's probably a million more at the P.O. Box. I just haven't been over there in a minute. It's why we always say don't send meat products. Right. This has a customs declaration on the outside. It's from Bridget in Birmingham, UK. Hey, cool. Came all the way from over there to over here. Across the pond? Across the pond. Get it open. See what's inside. Wow, we have a, a wax-sealed letter here. That's the law over there, right? Isn't that how you have to send them? Yeah. I wonder if this is like a, if there's a signet ring for this, or if it's one of those like cylindrical things for, for making the stamp. Ben, I hope you take this as a compliment, but I really feel like you are wax envelope guy. Like, like from your household, I feel like that's how you send your bills. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't do it mostly online, I, I do like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I almost feel like it's a crime to break this seal, but I'm, I'm going to have to to read the, the letter. Uh-oh, Ben. I, I saw a mattress tag on there, too. You can't rip that off. <laughs> All right. Dear Ben and Adam, I hope this letter finds you both well. I don't know if this says bowels aside or bowls aside. Uh, let's go with the first one. Ben, let me assure you that you did nothing wrong. Thank you. (laughs) With that out of the way, you may remember meeting an awkward woman in London who made 
a replica of the text of the Costumogen, which is the book from DS9. That book sends Ducat blind and gives him red eyes in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Adam, you may remember a fugue state in which people spoke with funny accents. (laughs) Anyway, I said that I would code 47 the book so you didn't have to pack it. I didn't fill the book partly so that it would be usable and not just a bad bit that takes up space, and partly because I'm not as funny as you two. The cover is real leather, and the stitching is cotton, so the book is 100% biodegradable. Yes, thank you. Please keep sending in biodegradable things, friends of DeSoto. (laughs) That's the second most important thing you can send after making your first sentence something along the lines of Ben did nothing wrong (laughs) in whatever correspondence you, you provide. I mentioned this so you know how to dispose of it once you are tired of having a physical bad bit. I assume... That will be immediately after you are done fighting over who has to have it in their home. I'll I'll finish by saying that I really enjoyed the show in London and to thank you for bringing together such a wonderful community. Live long and prosper. Bridget M. Wow, thank you, Bridget. That was a really fun show we did at London Podcast Festival. Just amazing. They bring us back. So this is the crafted... Bajoran holy text of the Costumogen. And uh, I'll show you some of the pages. Wow. First page is obviously lovingly copied from probably a paused standard definition depiction of this book in Deep Space Nine. Amazing. But uh, there are a number of bits on subsequent pages. For example, a drawing of Deep V Picard off work saying, Ah, Wesley, I have been meaning to ask, do you like gladiator movies? We've got uh, depictions of Saru and his gross fingers. How many pages do we have there? That is an amazing bit of work. There are a number. Wow. I'll show the the thing that will get us kicked off of YouTube. Mm. Extraordinary. (laughs) Da Vinci's, uh, what's that called? The the something something man? The jackoff man? <laughs> it's Sato. Is it the Vitruvian man? I think it might be that. Anyways, he's holding a uh, eight inch cl- classic dong in this one. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and a butt plug. Depending on what you like to insert, there's some uh, there's some great stuff here. Hey, there's even stuff for Star Wars nerds in this book. Even they have something. The paw wraiths were getting up to all kinds of fucked up shit. They sure were. This is so great. Thank you, Bridget, for sending this in. I love that. I love how much work went into that. All that detail. Yeah. Amazing. I'll try and take some some pictures of some of the pages and send them to Bill for our Instagram, too. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, FODs would love to see that. Yeah. If you like you know, listening to this, you might like watching it and you might like following us on Insta to see even more detail. So, uh, thanks to everybody who sent something in. Why don't we get into a great big package of episode that we have today, Adam? It's, uh, the first part of a, uh, of a two-parter with Brian Fuller's hands all over it. How about that? Yeah. This is, uh, season seven episode 16, Workforce, part one. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. 
You know what I like in a vision of the future? Excellent public transit, Adam. Yeah. This city's got it. Is this a monorail? You like a monorail? Oh, man. I would definitely invest the town surplus in a monorail if given the opportunity. Well, wouldn't it benefit the job creators (laughs) if there were such a conveyance uh, taking folks to work? It seems to be like work is on one side of the river and, I don't know, future city is on the other side. Yeah. Like, why don't we make it a little bit easier on folks? It seems great. You know, I'm looking at it a little closer here. I think it might be a maglev. Now, ah. that is that is a type of train that I have always wanted to go on. Yeah, that's the future right there. Type of train that wipes your credit cards clean, baby. Spick and span. It seems like the sort of place, from the wide shot anyway, that looks pretty <laughs> cool. It looks great. We punch in on a Janeway who's like on her way to work. And I think... Her hair does a lot of the business here in in telling us, the viewer, that she's happy and she's going to be okay. Her hair is as bouncy as her mood. She looks like someone who like took some time to get ready for whatever this is and is into it. Yeah, like a little bit stressed maybe like she's she's moving with purpose like she's got to get there. But like happy stress, doesn't it look like that? Yeah, I mean, first day at work is usually happy stressed, right? It's like, God, thank goodness I landed this gig. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to be making a little bit of extra money. Nervous about, you know, meeting my team and starting to get set up with my new laptop and being taught all the company intranet bullshit. She seems to have a supervisor with a heart. Seems pretty chill. Seems pretty motivated to keep the workers happy. You you like that. If you're one of the workers anyway. There are a couple of aliens that we see walking around this place that are familiar. I I spotted a Bolian, Mm -hmm. but most of them are unfamiliar, and the supervisor has, like, I don't know if he's, like, the same kind of bird person as uh, that guy in uh, the Mm -hmm. Void episode, Mm -hmm. but he's definitely got some, like, tissue connecting, like, his nose to his lip to his lower lip kind of, he's, like, a verging on bird person, I would say. yeah. Bird person in profile, for sure. Yeah. If this were the last episode of the series and this was the beginning of it, <laughs> that would feel kind of nice, right? Like, like maybe there was some sort of elliptical edit between the last episode and this one. Yeah. And the Voyager crew has decided to put down some roots. Everyone found new jobs. Everyone's really happy. Would that be a satisfying ending? It would definitely be... If you really love these characters, it has to be, right? (laughs) Yeah. I want to be surprised by the ending and not just like, okay, like this is exactly what we were hoping we would get. I would love that. (laughs) Like, you think you're going to get 26 episodes? No. (laughs) Surprise. The portcullis slammed down. Yeah. Uh, Everybody is just happily, gainfully employed in this other environment. Yeah. Janeway is going to be a reactor manager, and she's just uh, yeah, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and excited about this, and we smash cuts to our uh, theme music, not really knowing what is going on. But fairly confident that everyone is going to be okay and happy mm-hmm. for the duration. 
Yeah, we'll get, probably get some some flashbacks about how they arrived at this awesome conclusion to their story. I love this gear for Kate Mulgrew because on the factory floor, she continues to work. And she's also got kind of that new person fuck up energy that isn't <laughs> that that is like concerned about fucking up, obviously, but not taking it so seriously that it's a problem for her and everyone else. Like, right. you've worked with that person before that is like so self conscious about work that every little fuck up is like, geez, it's okay. Like, <laughs> chill. And it is suggested that maybe she almost blew up the factory here, but maybe that's just a little uh, supervisor joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that supervisor doing bits? Yeah, bits on new hires. Uh-huh. I think that's fun, though, you know? I mean, I think also, like when you're new to a job, you've got fresh eyes on things, and sometimes those fuck-ups can lead to innovative solutions mm. to long-standing problems. So maybe roll with it, you know? And that's her attitude. It seems like many of the employees have this kind of attitude, including a guy who rolls up on her, uh, who says, My name is Jeff. And- <laughs> My name is Jeff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, not not the voice you expect to come out <laughs> yeah. of a silver fox, but uh, yeah, Jaffin is zaddy, and he uh, rolls up, and he's like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 the you know computer, it is what it is, and they start kind of like introducing each other and shaking hands, and then uh, the new efficiency monitor on the factory floor comes around and kind of scolds them for fraternizing at work. Yeah, but what... Annika Hansen doesn't understand is that when work is your primary way to socialize, like in your life, you got to be paying attention when the new people show up. You got to get in there early. Right. And that's what my name is Jeffin is trying to do here. (laughs) He shoots a shot like immediately. And I respect it. And he's told to stop by uh, (laughs) Annika Hansen, but nevertheless, he persisted. Crucially, not told to stop by Janeway. Right. Though, who seems like into it. Yeah. There's coffee and fraternizing. Janeway's like, I hope this blonde knockout walks away so that this guy can continue to hit on me. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere, we find ourselves at a bar where Paris is chatting up the bartender there. He wants a job in hospitality and not button pushing, which was yeah. his previous work. And she's suspicious because she's like, who gets fired from button pushing in this economy? (laughs) Like, you must have been terrible. And guess what? Because this is a future, as a bartender, all you do is push buttons. Yeah. You think I'm hand mixing these drinks? (laughs) No. But Paris makes a persuasive case that he would be good at a bar because he's a, a sociable man, and uh, that's part of the job, too. He goes from Riz to begging pretty fast, though, right? Like, I thought he should maybe sit in the Riz a little longer. Mm-hmm. He waits, like, two seconds, then is like, oh, God, give me a job, please. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hire someone who's desperate, though? Um, I kind of get on this bartender's level in this case. She's, I think, rightfully suspicious. Yeah, it does seem like he gets the job though, right? Because like mm-hmm. the next scene, he's like, I mean, it seems like maybe he's like a bus boy. Like they, mm-hmm. they're starting him at like a, a very entry level position. He's a go getter right away because he goes and gets. 
Like as yeah. soon as the jab begins. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference between like a go-getter and just like a gopher, you know? Do you know what gophers can do to a golf course? Why, sir? It makes me think of being a go-backer, which is something that I used to be uh, when I worked retail. You take all those unwanted, you know, people bring stuff to the register and they change their minds. That's a go-back. Mm. You got to take uh, that back to the floor. Yeah. Do they do it if it's like milk or something that's like pretty highly perishable? People do not give a fuck what it is. <laughs> People do not care. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, my name is Jeff and is uh, one of the people at this bar and another friend. Uh, here's Jeff and doing a bit. Enjoys it immensely. <laughs> Turns around. Tuvok. It wasn't that funny, Tuvok. And he feels. Oh, on the contrary. I feel. Yeah, he feels humor in this scene. And when Tuvok explains the joke at My Name is Jeff, and uh, it's really what every humorist craves. Yeah. The long division of that joke done back at them. You don't want to be hanging out with your buds at a bar and have someone come in and dissect a frog corpse right in front of you. That's kind of what Tuvok does here. I thought my name is Jeff and should have McBain this guy. <laughs> that makes two of us. He's too busy because Catherine Janeway walks in and he would very much like to spend some time with her, even though she is like claiming to be very busy with work. It's kind of a fun floaty scene where we float between Tuvok and then to My Name is Jeffin and Janeway, and then we see Paris serving up a couple of blue drinks of cultivating loyalty through comps. But yeah. he doesn't have the approval of the boss to do that. Mm. <laughs> he just sort of naturally knows. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have like a wallet from management that's specifically for that purpose, right? You gotta know that you're you're giving comps to a regular though, Paris. Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. know that. This is day one. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the design of this bar too. Like, too. there's a lot of depth to it. There's kind of like refracting glass walls in the back, and you see people walking around back behind that. So it really feels like it's like a place in a city that has a lot of busy stuff going on in it. And there's a, a ton of extras in this bar. Like, they really filled the space out nicely, I thought. Tom Paris is pouring the profits away. <laughs> There's $30 of liquor in those blue drinks And you comped them Now, your bar is already really nicely designed So I'm not going to rebuild it What I am going to do is give you 472 Harbor Freight POS systems <laughs> You will have four or five Harbor Freight POS systems For every patron in this bar I noticed a lot of folks coming up to the bar Asking for a menu no longer, because our friends at GiantMenu.com <laughs> gave us two 6 by 6 large font menus. We're putting them on either side of the bar. Now no one's going to be asking for those menus and wasting your bartender's time. If anybody has a question like, do you have any signature cocktails that don't feature Crown Royal apple flavor, these menus will answer that question. Shut it down! If there was music at this bar... The record would skip when a pregnant BLT walks in. Yeah. She is no match for the energy of this bar. So she just turns around and leaves. <laughs> She's like very sullen when she walks in and uh, very sullenly retreats. And 
Yeah, that just goes unexplained. I feel like it is a big move to walk into a bar, notice that bar isn't for you, and then to leave. That is really hard for me to do personally. Like, yeah, I'm staying for a drink in most places. I I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I've 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 heard many stories of you uh, spending much longer than anticipated in not the right bar because there are two bars in town with the same name, and you didn't go to the right one. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic move. I like to win them over. I'm happy to leave. I'm happy to say, oh, my bad. Yeah. Our course is locked in. What? Listen to me very carefully because I'm going to say this once. Elsewhere, uh, my name is Jeffin and Janeway walk around the workplace talking and flirting still. Yeah. Avoiding Annika Hansen, right? Are they like leaving the bar or are they like after hours at work? Because. It's kind of hard to tell what the hours are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a salary position. Hello, Peter. What's happening? They're talking work and, you know, also talking background. Uh, She describes Earth as being overpopulated, polluted, violent. Mm -hmm. Glad she's not there. Glad she's here because this is a place where you can actually get gainful employment. She seems really happy. Like... This is a step up for her, clearly. Yeah. But not the Earth that we've heard her describe to anyone else ever. And she's not like, you know, my last job was really stressful, so this was just like, you know, like I took a 5%, 10% cut in pay to have 90% less bullshit from my boss. You would hate Earth. It's (laughs) crawling with Irish setters and... (laughs) Men who wear cardigans. For the clothes you love to live in. It's a fucking dump. You don't wear cardigans, do you? My name is Jeffin. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Curfew time, Ben. Mm. Mm. Time to get back into their employee housing development. Yeah. Is this planet not quite as nice as it seemed at first blush? No, because uh, later on when you see the inside of this high-rise, looks okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what if jackbooted thugs are scaring you off the street? Like, you you got a nice place to live. <laughs> this episode raises a lot of questions about just what mean paradise. Yeah, yeah. Because it uh, doesn't seem so bad. It's wave after wave of Rizzy passes that my name is Jeff and makes. And uh, <laughs> it's like the clock is running out on, on his chance. Mm-hmm. And... Janeway kind of reassures him. There's going to be plenty of time. She's delighted to be getting all this attention. Right. So they don't get down tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is just as happy to see her the next day at work when uh, uh, Bell goes off heralding the arrival of the stabbing wagon. The uh, <laughs> They got to go get their inoculations. And uh, the inoculations people have pulled up at work. And he's like, oh, yeah, like the ambient radiation's no worry as long as you uh, get your injection when they tell you to. I love the Tim Russ take here. Like, it's easy to forget that Tim Russ has any gear besides Tuvok because it's mostly Tuvok throughout the series. But when you get afraid of needles, Tuvok, it's really a delight. He's great at this. I'm, I'm afraid of injections. I assure you this is painless. I really feel for him. I'm not afraid of needles personally, but like what he presents here, 
is uh, it's great. Yeah, it's so unmooring the way he plays Tuvok in this. Like the episode could have done a lot more of like there is creepy shit going on by just playing creepy music and like you know giving us like a Stepford Wives vibe of this planet that seems like mostly okay for the most part. Cookie up some lights and like film noir the shit. There's no hint of yeah. evil at all. The hints that you get are Tuvok like laughing out loud and getting squeamish about getting an injection. Like those are what raise your goosebumps in this. And objectively, there's nothing wrong with either of those. Those <laughs> seem totally normal. Yeah. You know what's not normal? Tuvok in general. That's not normal. That should give you the creeps. Yeah. When Tuvok is, is acting normal, mm-hmm. something's fucking wrong. <laughs> Tuvok has a flashback here during this injection scene. His flashback involves being restrained by a couple of folks while he's wearing a Starfleet uniform. And uh, after getting one of these injections, he goes back to work. This is kind of where I was like, okay, so maybe this thing is not an inoculation. Maybe it's some kind of like memory wipe thing that needs to be maintained periodically Mm -hmm. but maybe it's both because he also looked like he had like radiation burns in that in that early shot and i thought that that was a smart touch by the uh production i think so too yeah we cut over to the delta flyer where chakotay kim and neelix are coming back from a five-day uh trading mission and uh, they don't have a lot of nice things to say about the narshadan (laughs) no especially ensign kim who is laid up in the back area. He is totally filled up with alien parasites because <laughs> he had a meat drink. It was made from meat? Yeah. More like a meat byproduct. Oh, I'm going to be sick. You shouldn't have a meat drink. Meat nectar? This is something they drink. They, they, there's like a, some kind of like, what's it called? Like beefarol or whatever that they drink in the, in the UK? Bovril? Oh, yeah. Do you think that meat nectar is like bovril? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and also, there is no question in my mind that you would drink the meat drink. Were we doing a trading mission with a Narshadan? Not only would I drink the meat drink, I would drink the meat drink at lunchtime on a show day. Yeah, you absolutely would. <laughs> and I'd probably be fine. Kim is not doing that thing where he's grossed out by his parasites. He's just regretful about how he feels. And yeah. he does not want Neelix's tummy tea. Oh, it smells worse than the meat nectar. He wants to wait until he can get back to see Dr. Mark. Does Neelix make anything not with Leola root? Like, <laughs> are there any folk remedies that don't involve it? He's like that friend that everyone has who's totally into apple cider vinegar and is just like, (laughs) anytime you mention anything about feeling even the tiniest bit unwell, they're like, you know, a shot of apple cider vinegar every morning. Like, Always puts me right as rain. It's just the best. I'll never shut up about it. Yeah. Chakotay calls back and he's like, hey, uh, you better come up here because Voyager isn't where Voyager said they would be. And they're not answering hails either. That has got to be the worst feeling in the world when you're in a shuttle and you get back to the rendezvous coordinates and the mothership isn't there. 
as soon as we got out of line of sight, I don't think there's any feeling normal until I get back in line of sight <laughs> at the know. end of a mission like that. Uh, this happens too many times. All too frequent. We cut over to Voyager, which is kind of listing sideways in a gas cloud. And inside, Mark is in engineering, trying to get the ship back online. Overused, underused, or just the right amount of used ship listing in Star Trek? I think underused. I like seeing it. You know, a, a thing that like a nerdy pedant on the internet will often do is criticize Star Trek for having the ships always meet nose to nose, like oriented the mm -hmm. same way. Like the keels of the ship are always like parallel to the bottom of the screen. You always see the ships face up with each other. And because you want to give the best first impression. Yeah, but it doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of space. But what it does do is give impact to a shot like this. You're like, the ship is in bad shape when it's tilted. <laughs> right. It's the fallen samurai hair of establishing shots on a ship, right? It really is. And uh, one thing I loved about this shot of Mark, he's like talking to the computer. The computer's voice is fucked up until he reroutes something. Failed. Switch to backup processors. Oh, hi, Mark. You're in this like darkened engineering section. So you don't see the yoke on his uniform immediately in lighting that shows what it is. Then he stands up. Dude is in command red. Hey, Ben, if you got a Star Trek Picard actor to present the ranks of the scenes in Star Trek where the ships look like this, mm -hmm. would this be lists, list, list? <laughs> Uh, that, like think, Peyton List, yeah, introducing no. her her list list. Mm -hmm. So it would seem. I think if it was not going to happen again, it would be lists list last list. Hmm. Actually, I think it would be lists last list list more specifically. But maybe like just before they were ready to shoot this, it was misplaced. So it was lists lost lists. Last list. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably would be that. Yeah. I know I fucked up the order of those words. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write in. The computer alerts Mark that there are intruders on the bridge, and he goes up there, and the intruders are in spacesuits. Star Trek versus contact spacesuits, yeah. Ah. Uh. Love seeing this spacesuit. Which at this point have got to smell like the inside of a musical instrument, right? There have been a lot of heads in those helmets. Here's what they smell like. They either smell like breath or they yeah. smell like cleaning products, like right up close to your face. That can't mm. be pleasant, right? Neither one is good. I noticed that uh, Neelix didn't get in one. And uh, <laughs> there's got to be a reason for that, you know? Because he would look too ridiculous? <laughs> I mean, I just think they're fighting an uphill battle keeping those things from smelling too bad as it right. is. Yeah. So, yeah, they came in spacesuits because life support is off, which Mark doesn't need while he fixes the rest of the ship. He's kind of working big to small on all the problems. And... uh we get a little, here's what's going on 
guys for the first time like a third of the way into the episode. We ran into some problems. I can see that. Can you be a little more specific? Of course. I love how Commander Mark kind of large marges the story here. He's an effective storyteller. He hits all the beats. He doesn't linger in the boring spots. Like, look, there was a mine and a banger and there was a ton of radiation and folks started pouring into Six Bay and the emergency was sufficient to abandon ship. And Janeway snapped her fingers and turned me into Commander Mark. Computer, activate the emergency command hologram. Authorization Janeway Omega-3. Command codes transferred. Uniballs. Hi, Uniballs. And the plan was for them to ditch the ship into my command so I can work to scrub the radiation, after which I'll go scoop up the crew at the nearest habitable planet that uh, they've landed their escape pods on. Huh? Mm. That makes sense. You're not suspicious of me, right? Good story. And Chakotay's like, did you say habitable? I mean, I've heard habitable, but Uh habitable? Yeah. And Mark is like, yeah, it's one of those words that I've read, but rarely say aloud. Ankylosaur. That's the only part of the story that that doesn't (laughs) hang together. (laughs) So yeah, he was working on all of that when some scrappers showed up and said like, oh, we got salvage rights to this ship. And he has to fight them off. And it's very easy to fight them off. Like Voyager is bullseyeing the tractor emitter and the propulsion systems of these ships without much stress at all. It's another scene of blatant hollow racism. But I got to say, if you are this captain over there, the feeling of thinking that you got one, you got a good one. (laughs) And then you don't because of this fucking hollow guy? Oh, that's got to grind your gears. Yeah, you have a tough time making eye contact with any of your subordinates for a few weeks after this, probably. So they trade fire. Like, Commander Mark tells him to fuck off, and then they shoot at the tractor beam, and then they shoot at each other's engines. And that makes Commander Mark order Voyager into a nearby nebula to hide out so that they can make some repairs. And uh, so endeth the story. Oh, one other part of that story I think that's important is that the uh, the ships that attack them, those weapon signatures were the same as the mine. Yeah. That got them originally. So right. this seems to be kind of a way people are in this area of space. This is a coordinated attack. Dr. Mark doesn't want to hang around a bunch of miners, so he bugs off and hides in a nebula. Yeah. Which some would argue is creepy by itself, you know? What, not wanting to hang out with miners? Yeah, like performatively not wanting to. It's like, what are you worried about? We cut over to the factory, and uh, the vibe now is pretty different. Tuvok is peeping Mm. from a railing above. How's it peeping? He recognizes Janeway, and he has another one of these flashbacks. Isn't it interesting how that composition changes the feeling, though? Like when you're looking down at someone from the level above, there's something about that. Right. Because she doesn't know she's being observed by a sweaty person. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, like he remembers 
him and Janeway being in the same room with their radiation burns and, and uh, getting these injections and uh, these like creepy scientists doing stuff to them, putting clip show devices on them. Pretty cool looking clip show device put around Janeway's head here. Yeah. Kind of a new spin on it. I liked it. I mean, the original clip show device was a horror show of needles, right? And this one yeah. kind of replaces the needles with energy rays. And as someone who didn't appreciate all the stomach churning going on with Harry Kim, I did appreciate that they spared us a bunch more stabby needle stuff at this point in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about whether or not if you had to choose what you would prefer. I think energy weapon is what you prefer. It seems more advanced, you know? I mean, I said earlier in the show I have no problem with needles, but I'm not watching them go in. <laughs> and I feel like if you've got the uh, the clip show device 1.0, you can't do anything but watch it go in. Yeah, yeah. So Sweaty Tuvok steps to Janeway and does not bring the same charisma that my name is Jeffen does when he starts talking to her. He, you know, has this clip show schism in his mind right now and is like, we know each other. Do you think that's the main problem with his pitch is that it sounds like a bad pickup line? Yeah. I think I've seen you before. <sighs> Didn't we take a class in college together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, very clearly, you're just trying to get a conversation going with me. Yeah. <laughs> At least you didn't come up to me and say, settle a bet for me and my buddies or whatever. But come on, man, <laughs> try something else. There's never a moment in this workplace where my name is Jeffen hasn't looked across the cubicle walls and noticed what Janeway's doing. And he pops up right on time yeah. to break this up. He sends Tuvok packing and immediately pivots to inviting Janeway on another date. <laughs> ben, are they working in a flirt factory? Mm. Because uh, to me, my name is Jeff and is working at peak efficiency at this point. Yeah. Give that guy a raise. Let's hope there's drains on the floors in this flirt factory. <laughs> <laughs> Cut over to the bar later. And uh, Paris sees BLT sitting alone at a table. And it is crazy how much more electric Janeway and my name is Jeffen are than BLT and Paris in this scene. Like, I love the contrast back to back here. Yeah. Paris's riz is not immaculate. And BLT <laughs> is not having it. And it's not because she hates the attention. It's because she does that, that reveal. Mm-hmm. She's seated at a table, and so he may not have noticed the basketball under her dress. Oh. Yeah. Still want to get together? She's single and pregnant, and she's just sort of making some assumptions that Paris wouldn't be interested in uh, traumatizing her baby. <laughs> With his interests. Yeah. What Paris wouldn't know, given what has happened to them is that uh, he can traumatize the hole that doesn't have a baby up in. <laughs> yeah, he has some options yeah. that actually uh, might intrigue him. Yeah, it's kind of a heartbreaking scene. I felt like some complicated feelings in this moment because she's like, I'm pregnant and, and not married. Like, 
you assumed I wasn't pregnant and that I and that when you found out I was pregnant, you assumed I was married. So you've made two bad assumptions, Tom Paris. Why do you want to get to know me? And Tom is so like sweet with her like throughout this episode like oh like we could just be friends and I'm totally cool with that in in a way that is not shitty and you know just me trying to like keep the door wedged open a bit. Yeah, because I mean the shittiness is not coming from Paris, the shittiness is coming from BLT. Yeah. We got back to Voyager and there's kind of a a little montage of this four-man crew getting the ship back in shape for doing missions. Kim still suffering in his tum, and Dr. Mark suffering a little bit too. He steps to Chakotay on the bridge, and they have a little little spat about, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't the com- emergency command hologram be in charge given, I mean, look at all this red, man. Doesn't that suggest my place is here in Voyager's command center? Yeah, you're, you're treating me like a, a Super Nintendo Mark instead of a Commander Mark like I deserve. Yeah. And Chicote's like, but I'm the first officer of the ship, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And when Kim blurps in to say that he's found the crew three days away, that kind of gives Chicote the cover to be like, oh, okay, well, the tough part's over. You can take <laughs> the con if you want. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, Take a nap. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get that platinum. Get that robe enlargement. <laughs> I've got to get that platinum. Good night. Are you planning a heist? Gold. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time and... They send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful. No matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. 
Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. There are three things to remember about being a starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in. Go down with the ship and do it. Do it. We cut back to the planet. Janeway is having a uh, a date with my name is Jeffin, and uh, she has prepared like spinach Wellington or something. <laughs> what, did, what did this look like to you? I didn't have a guess better than spinach Wellington. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a runner, isn't it? The Janeway is a bad cook runner. It's only burnt on the outside. It is kind of like. She really wanted to cook him dinner, and uh, <laughs> that never goes well for her. Once I cut off the charred part, I'm sure it'll be fine. It does, in the aftermath, get my name is Jeffin to admit what he's really there to eat, mm. that ass, which is perfectly cooked. Mm. Yeah, she had the seat warmer on in the car on the way over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like vegetable lasagna. <laughs> Two corner pieces. Right next to each other. (laughs) So Voyager pulls into the orbit of Quora, this planet that the crew is on. And this looks like a really happening place. It's got all kinds of space stations and ships in orbit. And uh, they get on FaceTime with some bureaucrat who is like, yeah, I don't know about your crew, but um, if they sought refuge here they have the full protection of our laws you know you're not going to come for our labor supply buddy the creepiest part about his defense is when he's like yeah we ask them they don't know who you are in addition to all of this like you can't take our labor this is important to us and we treat them great they're clearly super psyched to be here like you're not even allowed to talk to them dude Chakotay plays it pretty cool here and orders Voyager away. And did you notice how his hair is looking especially voluminous in this scene? It is really tall in this scene. (laughs) Great Chakotay hair episode, I think. Mm, Yeah. Maybe that's something he did in response to Mark wanting to be the big cheese while Janeway's away. He's like, I'm going to really... Salt the wound that this guy is a hologram that was programmed not to have hair. 
Do you think if there was any way Chakotay would know that my name is Jeffin is absolutely knocking out Janeway's <laughs> ass right now, that he would have gone in weapons hot, <laughs> like strafing the planet's surface, trying to get her out of there? I actually did read that there was an early version of this script where Chakotay drops a bathtub on the planet from orbit and it you know, creates like a huge impact crater. That thing blows big. <laughs> That's what she says. We cut from Chakotay's retreat to back in the workforce dorms where it feels like it's the next morning, right? And yeah. uh, Janeway has given My Name is Jeff and a hot liquid in return for what he gave her moments before. <laughs> and Janeway is so happy here. It There's probably a German word for this, right? Like, oh, yeah. kind of heartbreaking in that she's so happy in a circumstance that would make her so mad if she knew the truth of it. Right. And he's kind of in the same way. Like, he doesn't know that you can have pineapple juice cold. Like, she's heated this up, but he's never had it before, so he doesn't know that that's a weird way to drink it. Let's make a bet. <laughs> Do you think my name is Jeffin is in on it? Oh. Or is he innocent the way that Janeway is? Oh, is he like, you're saying he could be like a plant that's in there monitoring the workers? Yeah, like he's a he's a Quarren or something, mm. or he works for the Quarren. Yeah, because he said that he was from a different planet, but I don't really know what the people that are like native to this planet look like, so. Yeah, like in, in the greater too-good-to-be-true-ness of Janeway's life right now, is he also the part that's going to kick her right in the lady nuts at the end. Like it's not just when the story is resolved that her mind was erased in a critical way. It's also that she was double crossed by someone that she fell for. That's really good screenplay math, but for the sake of keeping it interesting for part two, I'm going to take you up on this bet. I'm betting that Jeffin is an innocent. Okay. So what what are our stakes? What are we betting? Could we call this bet when it's on like the big board in Vegas, the, uh, my name is Betton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, no, minus 110. Okay. Like it's just a coin flip. All right, but what is what are our uh, our stakes here? What are we betting on? I don't know. Let's think about it as we go. Okay. Got to eat a spinach wellington. <laughs> Vegetable broth power hour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> We cut over to the bar where uh, Paris gets his consideration nuts smashed by BLT. Listen, I get off work in a few minutes. I thought maybe you and I could go. You don't give up, do you? You don't even know what I was going to say. Assuming that he's making another pass when all he was doing was trying to set her up with a support system for her baby. Yeah. God, BLT, do you have to be so mean to people? He just wanted to introduce her to another family that's also expecting around the same time as her so that they can commiserate about how hard it is, etc. The expectation is that she would be a terrible single parent who would then require a a larger support system in order to care for the child. (laughs) I love how Paris friend zones himself here, too. Like, yikes, you are kind of a lot to a person who's just trying to help. Yeah. I promise you I'm just trying to be friends here. But also, like... Respect Knuckles for that being something that he seems to be like in good faith willing to do, you know, like even though she's given him every reason that that should be what he wants 
at most. Like, if you can do that, you should do that if you actually like someone, you sure. know? But yeah. also, I understand why it's really hard to sometimes. Sure. Anyways, uh, up in orbit, Neelix hasn't made any progress. He's like in the ass lab reporting that there's this like labor shortage in the area. So that's why they're so like weird about people, you know, taking people off planet. And he talked to another you know, captain in the area who's like, yeah, like if you, if you need a job, like if you want to get off Voyager, you could come with me. Weird times. I like the twinkle in Chakotay's eye when he starts to formulate the plan to go on this mission down there. Like we could dress up. Dr. Mark could change our appearances. This is going to be great. Yeah. We cut to Six Bay where Chakotay has been loafed up. They're going to take the Neelix shuttle to uh, conceal their identities. What do you make of the moment where Chakotay tells Commander Mark that he's got to report to Ensign Kim before going on this mission? That that was a moment that Commander Mark took great umbrage with. I assumed I'd be in charge during your absence, Commander. Excuse me? That was a real holographic nut stomp for him. But it's also great commandering for him to be like, all right, here's the pool cue. Deuces. <laughs> There's a moment in the scene where they where he drops like a subcutaneous tracking device into Neelix's palm and then like waves a light over it. And they just hide it in a cut, taking the thing out of the palm. I love that kind of practical magic. It's great. I do too, but I also was like in Star Trek The Next Generation, they would have gone to a close-up on, on the palm and... A no. palm which is freakishly still because <laughs> because they froze the frame. <laughs> like, you know instinctually that there's something wrong with that palm. Yeah, yeah. It makes your skin crawl, but you can't put your finger on why. <laughs> Speaking of making your skin crawl, we finally see Neelix's ship for the first time since, I don't know, like the, the pilot, first season or right? something. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a letdown. It looks like a stack of Duplo left in a <laughs> playground for like five years. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's happened to it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Neelix is kind of hurt by the idea that Paris wanted to like build a hot rod in the garage and yet saw his ship as not worth the effort? Right, we're not going to retool that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking K-card, Neelix. Like, no one gives a shit. He sees Tom Paris pulling, like, rims and a spoiler out of shipping containers one day, and he's like, whoa, cool. Did you order that from my car? No, we did not. No. <laughs> Sorry, Neelix, there's nothing in the JEGS catalog that uh, <laughs> that fits your particular make and model. Yeah. Back in, uh, on Quara... Tuvok is getting in trouble with Annika Hansen for skipping his injections. He remembers. Tuvok calls Annika Seven of Nine to her face and then pulls her in for a mind meld. Yeah. Don't love seeing that in the workplace. That's an HR violation for sure. I mean, you try this in a workplace, they're going to drag you away. And that's what Tuvok gets. But she does have that flashback to like waking up on a charging mat. Mm-hmm. And so he's getting like dragged away, ranting and raving. And Janeway and my name is Jeff and like go rush up to see if Annika is okay. 
She looked pretty spooked by this experience. I know you don't want to do it. Do it. Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. Elsewhere, Chakotay is just kind of presenting a distracted first day of work vibe to the intake manager. Yeah. Which I think is effective because if he's curious about finding the crew people, all the looking around and stuff kind of works in his favor. How amazing is it that a job opened up right down the hall from Janeway and Chicote was the one selected for it? <laughs> like, this is, he's got Tuvok's old job. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I've applied for lots of jobs in my life. I've been offered very, very few of the jobs I've ever applied for. Precision job application to get near a girl you want to talk to is a level of difficulty I cannot even imagine. Yeah. That's like changing where you sit in the classroom to uh, work on the group assignment <laughs> with your crush, you know? I know. Good job by him. He steps to Janeway and starts with like a, hey, Catherine, it's me. I know you probably don't recognize me given all the loaf. And she's like, I've never met you before. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just told me to come over and uh, introduce myself. Oh, what did you say your name was? My name is Chakotay. I'm so curious about the end of the next episode in this way. Like, what exactly is the thing that was taken from Janeway's mind here? Because she is so kind and just curious and cool, like with all of this. She loves her job. She's got a new workplace crush. Her supervisor's cool. She's meeting a bunch of interesting people, a couple yeah. of weirdos. I mean, you get weirdos in every workplace, including this guy who seems like harmless enough or whatever, but she's like open in a way that Captain Catherine Janeway cannot be. Right. And I wonder when she's inevitably like cured and taken back to Voyager, if we're going to feel a loss in not yeah. getting to experience this part of her anymore. This part of her that really is joyful. There's that episode of TNG where Picard has to contemplate an existence where he wasn't the captain of the entrepreneur and he just had like a Joe job somewhere yeah. in middle management on the ship. Mm -hmm. And he never got this open with that role. No, because he would rather blow his brains out than, than keep being <laughs> that guy. You remember when he told Q that? I would rather die as the man I was than live the life I just saw. Yeah, yeah. I also wondered, like, the loaf that they put Chakotay in is the same loaf as the convicted murderer in Repentance who was, like, of the race that was like, oh, these guys get, like, discriminated against? There should be a... Uh... A loaf statute of limitations on this show. You shouldn't have used that loaf. It's too soon. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm wondering if they're going to do something with that. Because like... Oh, as a callback. Yeah, like, oh, he's one of those guys and we know how they are kind of a thing. Like, will this loaf get him in trouble? You know what? I'm an idiot because like, if you were to dress up as an alien of this quadrant, wouldn't you choose... A familiar? Wouldn't you choose one of these guys? Yeah, I guess so. But like, or maybe choose one that's like not discriminated against as badly, you know? You know what? Chicote's lucky he got hired because a lot of people wouldn't have. Right. 
And that's sad. It's a desperate time, you know, labor force wise, but not that desperate on Quora. <laughs> Back in the the Quarren six bay, Tuvok is held down and given a shot for his dysphoria syndrome. Yeah. Meanwhile, Neelix has just gone drinking. This is the best part of any Dustbuster Club mission, right? Right. You guys get jobs. I'm going to go sample some of the local uh, refreshments. <laughs> what I love about this division of labor is that Chakotay clearly has the harder work. Like he's got to somehow fit in and get in with Janeway. And yeah. Neelix in this scene is the opposite of subtle. He's like kind of talking to, to Paris and to himself about like, you know, a bar's cool and everything, but what would it be like to live and work on a spaceship? You ever think <laughs> about that? You ever think about being its pilot? And what do you think about old-timey movies? You know, in black and white. <laughs> hey, hey, come in closer. Like, let's talk across the bar for a second. Would you ever fuck a Klingon? <laughs> If so, like, which one would you go for first of the two? Paris is like, these are all very specific references. Stranger, can I get yeah. you another drink? <laughs> At the end of this, uh, Chakotay kind of rolls up and they talk conspiratorially about like, you know, we found some of the crew. Let me guess, they really love their jobs. What do you make of that? Seems like they like this better than what we had going on Voyager. To their credit, neither of them get defensive yeah. about that. No, I mean, like, on the contrary, you can kind of see that they're like, maybe we should get those injections everybody's getting. Yeah. <laughs> see how it is. Janeway and my name is Jeff and roll up. And uh, this is an incredible scene in my mind because... Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Janeway's like, hey, why don't you join us for dinner to Chakotay and Neelix and Jeff and... I wish I could ever, ever, ever do this. I need to file this line away in my back pocket because when he says, actually, I was hoping we'd eat alone tonight in front of them, it somehow does not feel like spitting in their faces. It somehow feels like, huh, okay. No, I, I wouldn't want to interrupt like date night or whatever. It's Janeway that tells my name is Jeff and that she has a real problem with that, yeah. but that was about the classiest way you could ever put it, I thought. It was really classy. It somehow is the opposite of presenting him as being self-conscious around like Chakotay as a stick man that he's like worried is moving in on his lady. Like he's just like, that's not the way I was hoping my evening would go. And uh, I'm just going to speak up for that right now. And everybody's like, oh, right on, dude. Like, no harm, no foul. <laughs> ben, I feel like the odds have changed on the big board here because of this scene. This was the Ooh. part where my antenna went up on mm. My Name is Jeff and like, huh, doesn't want them to commingle. Interesting. Then he's like, yo, we should move in together, you and me. Like, <laughs> like wow. <laughs> I think My Name is Jeff and knocked it out so good in the rope department she's ready to take this risk she wants to be a, a jump roper for as long as yeah. she can be maybe we've come up with something heating up the pineapple juice <laughs> yeah the hot pineapple drink yeah. really could be a thing you're right it's good I told you 
You know, there aren't enough hot tiki drinks, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought that. Hot buttered rum? That's not even really a tiki drink. It's just got rum in it. That doesn't make it a tiki drink. You know, I recently caught shit from my wife about the very special batch of hot buttered rum that she made that is still in our fridge that we have not finished. And she's like, I made this for us to enjoy during the holidays and you aren't enjoying it enough. It's just sitting in the fridge, unenjoyed. I don't understand how you could not be enjoying that. I'd be enjoying the hell out of that. Now here we are in February and uh, I kind of feel like it's too late. I kind of feel like it's not hot buttered rum season. Invite me over. We're going to make it hot buttered rum season, mon frere. All right. How about you come over and I'll just hand it over to you at the at the doorway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'll leave. Uh-huh. Get the fuck out! DLT takes off and not having a double date lined up for themselves, Neelix and Chakotay choose to stalk her through the smoky, creepy back alleys of Quora. This is... Uh, Scene that doesn't make them look particularly great, but she clocks them and turns around and like Chakotay's like, what if I told you we actually know each other? What if I told you we're closer than friends, closer than family? There's something logically that just doesn't fit together in this scene. Like Chakotay has now a couple of times done the, hey, don't I look familiar kind of thing? And that's never worked. And he does it here. And it just... It's weird how, like, it feels grosser every time. Yeah. Yeah. He knows it's not going to work. It never works, Chakotay. I don't know her. It sort of, like, devolves into grabbing her along with Neelix. And then, I mean, BLT's fully freaking out now, obviously, because she's yeah. got two strangers grabbing at her through the steam. And security folks are around, and, and they hear the tussle. And what happens in this scene is like Neelix and BLT get beamed up, but not Chakotay. Chakotay's got to hoof it. Yeah. And like as he runs, he's talking to Kim and he's like, hey, you got to get me out of here. I'm just going to run around the scaffolding <laughs> until you get me. And that's the problem. They can't get him. They can't annularly confine onto his coordinates or whatever. Well, they're also getting shot at. Like the the Voyager has to bug out because they're getting chased mm-hmm. by local security. Chicote's getting chased by local security. Clip show devices are being clamped onto Tuvok. Yeah. Balana's being like held down to a biobed, writhing while they're getting ready to inject her with something. Yeah. Chicote gets like chased into a corner and there's a force field there. So he can't even like jump over the side of the balcony or what, wherever the fuck he is. He's like, oh, I know how to use one of these. I remember this from the uh, the Brig episode and he kind of unzips into a hole he expects <laughs> to be in front of him. One of our more interesting missions. And then to be continued yeah. comes up on screen. <laughs> That's the cliff. Did you like this episode, Ben? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't like friends. And I don't like you. I really liked this episode. I mean, like, very excited to see what the exciting conclusion is. What an interesting place and setup. (laughs) Star Trek is so funny because, like, every alien is, like, kind of a stereotype of a type of thing like you know we've got the warrior aliens we've got the greed aliens we've got the furtive secretive aliens Mm -hmm. now we have the labor shortage aliens (laughs) yeah 
uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens, but I, I really liked all the, all the puzzle pieces that they, they gave us in this and where the story has gone so far. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. What? Like, leave me alone. (laughs) I thought it was terrible and (laughs) in a very specific way. Uh, Mm. You and I have talked a bunch on the hit new Star Trek podcast, Greatest Trek, during our pilot season project about how great it is when you encounter a show with a theme that introduces the characters (laughs) and what they're there to do. (laughs) And in my mind, this may be the worst Star Trek Voyager episode to start with. Wow. For that reason. How confusing is this? You got a bunch of folks... Really happy, mm. getting along great, uh, pairing off and dating sometimes, doing work that they enjoy, that fulfills mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Who are these fucking guys trying to interfere, trying to grab them <laughs> off the street? Okay. Look, look, they're sick, and the Quarren's made them feel better. That's all you know. There isn't enough there to make it clear who is the bad guys and who are the good guys. Unless you've watched Voyager before. So you're saying that this, if it was the pilot episode and not an episode that is in the last half of the last season. No, I'm talking about for the new viewer. This is the way we've contextualized that on Greatest Trek. Like you yeah. want you want something in every episode to be sufficient to not totally alienate a new viewer. This is exactly the opposite of the way mm. we record Greatest Trek and Greatest Generation. It is not an invitation in any way to a new no. person. It's inside joke on top of inside joke on top of mispronounced word on top of bullshit. That's that's the formula. It kind of makes me a hypocrite. So are you saying that in, in many ways this is the most like the Greatest Generation Star Trek Voyager has ever been? This is the narcissism of minor differences, right? This is why I hate this episode so much. Because it reminds me so much of us. Wow, Adam. Shocking take at the end of this episode. Do you want to see if there's anything shocking in the Priority One inbox? Oh, yeah. I'm on my way there. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Our first P1 is of a promotional nature. Goes like this. Diverse Joy is a podcast that puts the joy back into talking about diversity. Hosted by two experts, Dr. William Cox, who proposed to me via P1 back on TGG 359, and Dr. Amber Nelson. They infuse science, practicality, and joy into conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They also teach evidence-based skills backed by years of science that can empower you to become impactful, positive agents of change. Check out Diverse Joy in any podcatcher or at diversejoy.com. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think most people are pretty tired of the fucking lecture. And uh, I think when you can talk about these issues in a way that's uh, joyful and inviting, that's a great thing. Yeah, that is uh, commendable work. I was just looking back at what episode 359 was. Oh, yeah. Voyager season one, episode seven. 
an episode we called Hanging Beam. <laughs> and uh, the logline here is when a first contact mission ends in murder, the wet spot at the scene of the crime points to town Paris. But when Paris's punishment turns life-threatening, Tuvok's investigation will need to be hands-on. <laughs> <laughs> Are we enjoying the show capsules here? I feel like we put a lot of work into those. I enjoy them immensely okay. every every time. Um, I'm wondering if this marriage proposal backfired because it sounds like Dr. Cox proposed to Eric Roman Bining and Eric became their podcast producer, not necessarily their spouse. Mm. So... That's a little bit discouraging, but um, <laughs> I think this sounds like a great show. I'm definitely going to give it a listen, and uh, here's the call to action. Help fellow FODs make the world a better place by subscribing and leaving a five-star review for Diverse Joy in your podcatcher. Yeah, every every podcast, especially one starting out, really benefits from those reviews. So give them a listen, yeah. give them a review. Do it. Ben, our second priority win message is from Patrick, Kate, Ted, and Sarah. It's to Kristen. Their message goes like this. Happy birthday to my awesome sister, Kristen. Sister Kristen, it's your birthday. <laughs> Hope this airs close enough to March 9th to make it count. Thanks for getting me a Greatest Gen Tour poster. It looks great in my office. I'm jealous that you and Josh live near tour stops. It makes me happy that we share the embarrassment of Trek, this pod, and our Irish heritage. I am Chief Miles Edward O'Brien. This is fucking spectacular. Happy birthday! Wow, happy birthday, Kristen. And thanks for getting a tour poster. Yeah, it must be a very permissive workplace or that <laughs> tour poster hangs uh, on the underside of a toilet lid. Mm, yeah, maybe a home office? Who knows? Gotta be. Our final P1 today is from Ludo Ergo Pharaoh, and it is to Adam Pranica. Mm. And it goes like this. Adam, I'm sorry to say I am here to out you as basic. Fuck off. In season five, episode two of DS9, you said, how's it going to be when it goes down? This is an egregious third eye blind reference, signifying your basicness. Oil Nagati Kamele, as the Navi say, you are among friends. <laughs> oh. Keep being yourselves. It's what makes this podcast. Oh, boy. You had me in the first half, Ludo Ergo Pharaoh. I thought uh, I thought this was just going to be a slam fest, but no. Yeah. Uh, this is praising my basicness. Yeah. Your, your basicosity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like a third eye blind reference. I don't, I doubt I caught that though. I don't, no. I don't think of how's it gonna be as like a, a primary third eye blind poll. Oof. That's on you. I mean, that was a big song, but that, that's a deeper cut than I can usually go. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, your music references often miss me as often as mine miss you. That's what makes us, uh, <laughs> Such poor comedy partners. That's what makes us the yin yang twins of uh, <laughs> Star Trek podcasting. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, if you'd like to leave a message up on the Jumbotron, head to maximumfun.org slash Jumbotron and uh, send it today. Helps us keep the lights on around here. 
Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? It's time to find a person that reminds us of Engineer Shimoda from the Naked Now episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. I'm going to give it to Neelix for hitting the bar first thing on the away mission. I, I, you know, was wondering what happened to the rest of the away team when we saw Chakotay showing up first day on the job and was momentarily distracted by the remarkable feat that he pulled of getting a job at the same exact station that Tuvok used to work at. Mm-hmm. But then when they cut to the bar, I just had to laugh. That's, uh, that's hilarious. Good move, Felix. Amazing move. Yeah. I am inclined to defer because I feel like my Shimoda is going to get canceled in uh, part two of Workforce. <laughs> I want to say it's my name is Jeffen. Okay. I thought a lot about like my dating history and I was like, I think every significant relationship I've ever had came from a workplace. <laughs> because when you work as many like retail jobs as I have, like that's... That's what you do. That's what happens. That's how you meet new people. Mm-hmm. And here's my name is Jeffin. Just like open and interested mm. and not creepy at all. He's just nice. He maybe moves a little fast. Right. But uh, I almost want to defer to Workforce Part 2 because I, I did bet that he's a bad guy. But my Shimoda is assigned to the good guy that we know at this point. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm readying my quad box apology for, <laughs> for the next episode, just in case. Yeah, it's not like something you have to apologize for, but your strong association with him is going to be something that people want to hear from you about like what your thoughts on the situation are. Why does everyone remain so interested? <laughs> Who fucking cares? (laughs) I care about our next episode and how we are going to be reviewing it. Uh, It's uh, season seven, episode 17, Workforce Part Two. Hmm. That's what they named it? They did, yeah. Stuck with that naming convention. Huh. To save Janeway and the rest of Voyager's crew, Chakotay must convince her that seemingly happy life as a worker on Quora is not real. It's a fake. I've now fired up the Game of Buttholes, The Will of the Caretaker. This was the cipher question in The Matrix, right? Would you rather mm. be happy and not know? Yeah. Would you Would you rather en- enjoy the digital steak? Yeah. Or, or eat real mush? Yeah. This is the question. We'll see. <laughs> would Janeway rather eat digital pineapple ropes? <laughs> Or or would she rather go back to her old life? That's the question. What happens to the digital pineapple ropes when you spit them out in the potted plant near the bed? Well, we're going to find out. And for some reason, it's called Workforce Part (laughs) 2. Get it? Because they're being forced to work? Anyways, our runabout is on square (laughs) (laughs) 22. Oh, no, Adam, you just blew your brains out. (laughs) First I ever thought of that, Ben. (laughs) Um, our runabout is on square 22 of the game of buttholes it looks like we could hit a banger we could hit a 
Make it now. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. I'm gonna roll this bone. <laughs> I rolled a six, landing us on that naked now, naked now square. The next episode will be recorded Neelix style from the bathtub. <laughs> I quit, man. I quit this fucking show. How many times in the last month have we done that? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. The thing that is really fucked up about it is uh, I think that my toddler is going to be home with the nanny on the day that we have scheduled to record this uh, episode. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try to figure out a way to ask the nanny to like take him to the playground for a while in a way that doesn't reveal what I'm going to be doing in the house while they're gone. I'm doing that episode from the foot bath. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That's what you get for not being specific on the on the game of buttholes there. Wow. I mean, I wasn't the one that wrote any of the capsules on this, so. God fucking damn it. <laughs> I cannot wait until we redo this game for Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day for all of us. Uh, but in the meantime, we got to thank our great producer, Wendy Pretty, who edits these episodes and uh, produces the entire Uxbridge Shimoda family of products. Thank you so much, Wendy. She'll be uh, retroactively deleting my Shimoda from this episode. Should anything <laughs> fucked up happen with my name is Jeffin in the next episode. How about new? Appreciate that. Yeah. Good looking out, Wendy. I'd seem really good that that's how that's going to go down. Mm -hmm. We got to thank Adam Ragusia, who made the original Janeway song on the inspiration of Dark Materia, who made the card song. Don't search for Adam Ragusia's stuff on YouTube. He doesn't want any more fans. Just freaking him out, man. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna do that search, uh, we'll take him. We'll take his overflow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to thank the card daddy Bill Tilly for uh, helping us out with social medias, and Nick Ditmore for our original show art. And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of Greatest Generation Voyager, where it's like. Fuck you, man. Like, I left that job for a reason. I like the new job better. I have to, like, double my salary to make me even consider coming back, assholes. Look how bouncy my hair is. Really makes you think about, like, what would make you leave this job. <laughs> Next week's record? Yeah, I, I still can't stop thinking about that role. Make it show. My name is Jiffer. <laughs> My name is Jiffin. <laughs> That's the keeper. Couple of alts, yeah. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.